3: talking
4: about millions of dollars.
5: What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what
4: I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man.
3: We're living in a material world, and I am a material girl. Or boy.
4: Well, what about you now? What would you do?
2: Besides two chicks at the same time? Oh, yeah. Nothing.
3: Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man.
4: Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do
1: you If f- I had a-
0: Lord, welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom how we got Andrew on the board. No, Andrew was Friday. You're Matt Byrne. Well, you me, got Matt, Byrne. Matt yep. Byrne. Andrew, what's the difference? Big difference. Yeah. Just saying, what uh, big difference? And we have uh, our buddy Greg Pappas in the in the uh, studio with us. That's the one. And uh, uh, Matt, if you if you can, why don't you uh, tweet out that we're going to have a special guest appearance of Mr. Lou Michaels at seven o'clock oh. to talk about. Shooting down uh, weather satellites, whoever that thing was. That sounds good to me. Yeah, so uh, interesting, uh, interesting stuff. All kinds of stuff going on this morning. SP Futures down thirty. Nasdaq Futures down one thirteen. We've got news all over the place. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> Greg, where where do we start? For God's sake, we had the, cra- the crazy um, labor numbers on Friday that uh, you know Carl was trying to explain how how crazy they were, and I'm gonna, I'll dig that up here in a second. But I don't even know. Uh, and where to start with that? I mean, when, when you come up with a million people, uh, you know, a lot of
6: people said yeah. that the labor numbers were people getting second and
0: third jobs. Well, I'm gonna—I'll kick that up here in a second. I was just—I'm yeah. just trying to. The reason why I'm, I'm stumbling around here is I'm trying to find out what the uh, force of the San Francisco earthquake was because they just had a second one in Turkey. It's seven point three. The first one was uh, was seven point eight. That I think—I think San Francisco. Was uh, was less than that. I mean, I think it was uh, seven point four or something.
6: Yeah, so far, they say more than fifteen hundred dead. Which is yeah,
0: it's uh, you know, it was a, a huge rupture all the way all the way down from San Francisco up to Shelter Grove down to. But I, th- I, you know, I think it was. Uh, but then there's a big difference. Actually, there was a story. Uh, did you ever? Did you ever, uh, did you ever read uh, back when it was a real magazine, uh, the Chicago Magazine? Still do. It's, uh... It's, um... Well, does, does it even... <clears throat> does it print now, or are they, uh... This online?
6: Mostly online for me. I'm not positive on the... M- where you can get well, it. Well, I read this,
0: on, so. uh... This thing, I actually was on a flying to New York. And I picked it up at the airport, and they had a big special in there on earthquakes. And they were talking about how, uh... <clears throat> you know, because, I mean, most people, me included, don't really know a whole, whole lot about earthquakes. <coughs> but after reading the article, I knew more, uh... The biggest earthquake in this country was where? San Andreas Fault. Yeah, right here. And uh, wait, I didn't say here. Well, it's pretty close. Downstate. Yeah, well, but that's part of my next uh, utterance here is that when you have a, a earthquake in a mountainous area like San Francisco, even if it's a even if it's a big uh, deal, uh, the the uh, uh, it doesn't go very far. The, the mountainous area. You, Tend, the tends to absorb a lot of it, but if you have one here, whatever this one was, the uh, San And—what is it? The San—San San Andreas Fault is. Yeah, lost. we're in the New Madrid Fault here, right? Yeah. Well, whatever it was, it was it was different. The one there is uh, there's two there's two continental plates that are next to each other, and they shift, uh, and then one you know it, they they're always trying to move. There's always pressure, and once in a while they just give. And I think that one, the thing moved like a hundred feet or something. Or there some was a
6: great movie with The Rock.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, but it moved. It, but it, it moved like what, a hundred feet, two hundred feet or something all at once. And, yeah, and uh, you can actually see the San Andreas Fault from the air, right? I mean, you can actually see the thing. It's like a ditch, like. Yeah. But the New Madrid Fault, the thing, the thing dropped or something. So, plus on on on, on uh, flatlands, you're talking about O seven or O six or yeah. Uh, well, San Francisco was all six. What was ours? Was uh, oh. eighteen seventy or something? I don't know. Uh, you know what? Or twelve? Matt 19, Burns going. Matt Burns going to look that up. Uh, yeah, Matt. Yeah, what was the great earthquake? To, but it, it was like a. a I'm going to say whatever it was. If it was a seven eight here. It was like a six in Boston. It just keeps going. Whoa. Yeah. So it. It. Because uh, there, there were there uh, were clocks and stuff and church bells that stopped in Boston thought so was it was an amazing it just just keeps going so I wonder what the what the deal is in turkey i mean what i i think Turkey's fairly mountainous when it happened but i, I honestly don't know but still seven point eight is a lot i mean yeah. uh what was the one that uh, with, caused, what caused the big uh and with the tidal wave the water
6: we? yeah and the, well, the, was that's that, always the concern
0: was that a, that wasn't an eight was it the one no, in Japan no. it was in the sevens i thought it caused that big uh tsunami
6: that was uh 2011. Yeah, when yeah we I nailed
0: the nuclear plant and everything. Ugh. The Fukushima was was
6: they were they didn't tell everybody at first. You know, we're oh we're no, we got We're fine. We're fine. But there were
1: like a suicide squad that went in there.
0: Yeah, mum's and, the word.
1: Yeah. This is according to uh, WGN News. Uh, one of Chicago's most noticeable uh, quakes took place on November 9th, nineteen sixty-eight, when a five-point-four magnitude event occurred, centered on the New Madrid fault east of the St. Louis, uh, near the Indiana border.
0: Yeah, there was there was one uh, uh, in eighteen something something that was like God knows what. That's one yeah. I was at. Actually, the one, the last one, the one that was there. Was it like f- how many years ago was it? Like ten years ago? I was right down there. That's right. Yeah. I was. Uh, it was the weirdest part. I. I. I bought a truck an old, old junky truck down in, uh two reasons one my parents had just died we were kind of cleaning out the place plus i'd never driven back on like route 66 and all the i wanted to so i bought this truck down in tucson and i'm driving back and i was staying in uh southern illinois uh and all of a sudden the place starts shaking i'm going because this, this is, isn't normal it, this <laughs> isn't normal and I'm, I'm in the bed i mean it woke me up and i'm going uh this is either an earthquake or it's a tornado." I was I was really ho- hoping for earthquake because I didn't think that place could stand a tornado. It turns out that was the earthquake it was felt in Chicago, but I felt a lot more down there. I mean, it was uh, it was weird.
1: Chief, this is probably what you're looking for. Uh, this is from the Smithsonian Magazine, so pr- uh, pretty good source here. Uh, the Great Midwest Earthquake of 1811. Yeah. Uh, and this is uh, it happened on the New Madrid Fault line, but it mainly affected Missouri.
0: But it, yeah, but it affected everything. It hit mm-hmm. Chicago bad, and it hit. They actually turned the. Mississippi River around for a little while. It flowed the wrong way or something. It was, oh, really, wow. it was really strange. Yeah. Anyway, this was all in this Chicago magazine. I don't know if the article is still around, but there actually is a, you know, there's a fault down the East River in New York. This thing was naming all the different faults in areas where people didn't think they had one. There actually, is one in New York down the East River. It hasn't moved in you know 90 bazillion years, but it, it has moved. And the thing we were, uh, and we'll just review this for a second, because if anybody hasn't looked at it, and of course do, we
6: know how big, do we know how big the, these were? It um, was like they were the all 1906. Estimated. One?
0: 1906. Why don't you find out what the. Didn't that level. Yeah. San, well, most of the, the damage from the 1906 in San Francisco was due to fire. Oh. With some gas lines. Mm-hmm. That, uh, uh, Matt, see if you can find out and what so the. We're on a Richter scale of San Francisco. One. Our last
6: huge South one was probably uh, Japan.
0: Yeah. Uh, that was
1: 2011. It uh, was something in a,
0: it. Just. Uh, I want you to say Richter, okay. Richter scale recent recent earthquakes. And it'll
1: it'll pop up. On April 18th, uh, an earthquake estimated to close to an 8.0 on the Richter scale Strike San Francisco, killing estimated 3,000 people. So that was eight. Say Japan was nine, mm. and this was. I'm this saying, was but this eight? is this is a
0: geometric scale. Like wow. it, an eight is what? It's got to be like two or three times worse than a 7.5, right, man?
1: Uh, that's my guess. Uh, that's my best guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's not it's not linear at all. Oh yeah. It's a if you ever had a nine and a half, I mean, you'd, you'd be shaking a country. I mean, uh, mm. Anyway, so here's the, I was talking about this when I went to my brothers for dinner yesterday, and of course everybody's a debater there. And I said, you know, these numbers are kind of weird on Friday. What do you mean? Still 517,000 jobs is a lot. And I go, yeah, but look at the way, this is the part that everybody's everybody's kind of weirded out about, like uh, me for sure, is between January and, and it, it, this is not about the number itself. I mean, they, they make an adjustment or whatever. But the weird part for me, Greg, is how many people have traded on these numbers or done something on these numbers, uh, opined on them for sure, <clears throat> uh, diarrhea of the mouth on them for a, year, for a whole year. It turns out all the yearly numbers you're talking about were all wrong, right? Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's the weird – just to let you know, we started – first of all, can you um, explain to me how the the well the, the, the end-of-the-year number – 2022, we had 263 million people. Now they, they define this. Now is now do we think Matt's institutionalized uh, <laughs> c- civilian non-institutional population over age of 16? Okay, this is the number you work off, and these these are kind of the real the three the three key numbers. There's the there's a civilian non-institutionalized population that is uh, the number of anybody over 16 that's like not in jail or I guess uh, institutionalized in a shrink place or whatever is that politically correct The shrink place (laughs) uh then out of that there's the civilian labor force which has 100 which has people that are working people that are not working that are uh looking for um a a job those which would be unemployed then you've got people that are not in the workforce so you've got you got the everybody everybody being a mess so in other words if you look at uh 1988, you had 121 people that were in the civilian labor force. Out of that group, 114 million were, were working. Then there's, then there's 6.7 million that were unemployed. Then there's the 62 million that are either in school, retired, or we don't know what the hell they're doing. So there, there's there's actually there's four numbers in this in this thing, and, and it's consistent all the way from well this thing goes from 88 to to today. But here's the weird part: in the end of 2022, which you know wasn't that long ago. We had 263 uh, million people, okay, uh, in, in, in the uh, civilian uh, non-institutionalized workforce. And it, that worked its way till December of 2022 to 264.8. So we're up 900,000 people, roughly. And when with the associated people working, people not working, people unemployed, the, the thing's consistent for the whole year. So then we get to January, and we got 265.9. So we added, like, we went from 800,000 900,000 people in the whole year to a 1,110,000 in one month, which is the adjustment. So we essentially more than doubled the amount of people in the, in the population last year. And then, oh, by the way, we went from uh, 164 uh, million people in, in, the, uh, in the labor force uh, before, okay, 164.287 to 164.966. So we only pick up 700,000 people in the, quote, labor force. Now, all of a sudden, we pick up 900,000 in one month. So this adjustment, yeah, I guess, Greg, I mean, you have to do it, but... There was a huge
6: article on Zero Hedge that was going around about that. They What did they say? They were saying the adjustments are the sole... <laughs> The sole reason for all those numbers moving the way they wanted them to, and that's completely on purpose. And that,
0: um, what was
6: it? I <laughs> they let me pull it up, I'll find
0: it. Well, where and, and so here, here's the number we look at every month that, the, that splashes across the screen the amount of people employed. Now, this is, the, this is the household survey, not the establishment survey. Now, we know we've talked about it a lot. With the establishment survey if you've got two jobs you're counted twice in the household survey right but but somewhere at the end of the day the amount of people if you call their house and they say they're working well actually if you don't if you take the two jobs versus none it's never going to match up but in theory if everybody had one job at some point the, mo- the amount of people that say they have a job is going the seasonal
6: that's that's what yeah it was. the seasonal adjustment was three million which takes a negative 2.5 million unadjusted to a positive 517 thousand uh, seasonally adjusted. And that's how you convert a 2.5 million uh, decrease in jobs to uh, 517,000, which they said was close to a nine sigma payrolls beat. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I mean, if you look, this, this is a household survey, so it's not that doesn't count the people with two and three job. We went from 158 million people at the end of 2002 that were uh, employed to 159 two, so it's exactly like a million people were employed last year according to these numbers. This is a household survey. Now, last month, we got another million or 900,000. Um, so it's, now the, the question is, and we have our, our buddy Mike, you know, uh, texting me saying, you know, what does he say? Uh, fig, figures uh, lie and, li- and liars figure or something along those lines. Uh, now the question is, do, do, do we know in November that the numbers are all messed up and, and just hold on until January or so all the numbers. Wha- I guess my one of the
6: one of the people who I kind of follows, Muhammad Al Arian, who's who looks at the ratio of openings to unemployed workers, which is interesting because that got.
0: See, I think that's go ahead, but I think it's total BS. Go ahead. Well, because they
6: they classify both the unemployed and. But anyways, it's the unemployment level is is as low as it's been, basically since pre pandemic. And the job openings have actually gone up. So if you look at if you look at that uh, figure, there are 1.9 openings, 1.9 times more openings than there are unemployed workers.
0: Okay. Now here I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the interplay. I think that's more useful than, than just. Oh, well, here the I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire back at you here. Uh, two two reasons. Uh, one is if you look at the interplay, like there's 160 there's 165 million people that are considered to be in the labor force. Of those, 160 million are working. 5.6 or 5.7 million are unemployed. Now, if you, if you look at the amount that are unemployed, it's gotten from being a very specific definition to a very lazy definition. You know, the reason why I say yeah, that, Greg... and that's is, on purpose. Well, it's... just it's, no, <laughs> so you get it's, to it's, fudge it's, the numbers. No, it's, just, it's, just to, it's just to be lazy. So if, if you get booted tomorrow, I mean, obviously you trade and stuff, so you're not going to boot yourself, but... If you got booted and you went and got unemployment, what is is it? Boy, I should know this. Is it twenty six weeks without an extension of federal extension? Whatever it is, twenty six weeks. Now, if you're unemployed for the twenty six weeks and you're supposed to be looking for a job, you're supposed to be checking in. I mean, I don't even do that anymore. But, but at the end of twenty six weeks, you don't get a check anymore. They're going to take you off the unemployment roll. They're going to say you're no longer looking for a job because they're not sending you a check.
6: But you're not discouraged yet, are you?
0: Well, I'm saying, but that's a whole another definition how they're defining it now is that once they don't send you a check you're not unemployed anymore so the interplay is between these these last two columns one is there's 5.6 million people that are quote defined as unemployed right which are which are unemployed looking for a job and then the last column there's 100 million people we don't know what they're doing they're students they're retired or, or they're not working or they're or they're running around shoveling snows for cash we don't know what they're doing so the interplay those numbers are just so big one's 5 million the other's a 100 I, I think you could take a million people out of that last column and say they're actually still looking. That's why uh, Carl was talking Friday about the U six number. Did you? Did that come? You did come they across?
6: stop releasing that number? No, it's on
0: it's on page uh, A fifteen. I'm on A one. Oh, it's on, he said the A six number is huge. The A six number is people working part time that want to be full time. That kind of thing, and The or, two
6: and three job people. Is that
0: well? I, I'm not so sure if they're on there, but you know what's even weirder is I don't know. I you know I mean I know you have a lot of restaurant affiliations, but I don't know if restaurants are doing this, but big companies are doing this now. Where they're saying we're slow this week, don't come in on Friday. So somebody somebody can be dropping out of the that's forty hours. Of, uh, that's a
6: function of that's a function of part time. So, uh,
0: mm-hmm. there's people that are that think they're full-time, that are, that's happening to them. What's happening to people in the, at the Walmart in Portage, Indiana? Right. But it, it happens to people at... Uh, I, I talk to this guy every Sunday morning, and he has a second job at Wendy's, and he's supposed to be 40 hours a week. I don't think he's had a full week yet. So now, and now if he if he gets told it's... it's but that's a
6: second job, or that's he's got two full-time? Is
0: well, that what it's he's, Well, he thinks he does, but I'm saying if you were just at Wendy's, I mean, somebody my age would say... Well, excuse me, not part time, hourly. Right, right. But somebody my age, if you were to say, "Gee, I'm making twenty bucks an hour," I would immediately multiply that times forty and say, "Greg's making eight hundred a week." That's not necessarily true now. In a lot of these places, because if they're slow, they say, "Don't come in on Friday," or right. early, or a half a day, or something.
6: That's a, that's as many hourly people as that will happen to the as many hourly people as as. Uh,
0: so is that person full-time? I'm saying the numbers don't bounce from from full-time to part-time, back and forth that quick. That's why uh, Carl was saying the U6 number, if I can get to, um, you know I, don't know, I don't know how to get to 815, but uh, that number the is
6: takeaway is if, if you're following what they're telling you, you need to just assume that they're skewed a certain amount. So how far, you know, I'm, I'm not positive, but you can't just assume. Just like with the food and energy prices, you can't assume that they're gonna tell you everything in a timely manner. They're gonna tell you something and then as soon as they're done with that, they'll revise it in three months or whatever and then I think that
0: stuff is it's more out in front of your face. But here here's here's my I'm gonna take my shot at your buddy O'Arian. By the way, I, I think he's really pretty good. Uh, so I'm with you on that. But the, the phenomenon in this whole this whole thing with people's wages going up, especially like in uh, Menards or uh, any of those kinds of places, where they were used to having people at twelve bucks an hour and all of a sudden they're paying fifteen. I think that there was a help wanted sign everywhere at the old price, hoping somebody would walk in and say, I'd work for $12. But if, but if you went it at the, at the regular rate, they weren't hiring you. Right. Our buddy uh, Dan Janitas uh, has a <laughs> has a friend, evidently, he's retired. <laughs> or I say he's got nothing better to do It is that, Is that a politically correct way of saying it? He went around Florida and all these places that help wanted sign. He called like 30 of them. He didn't going to call back many of them because he wasn't willing to work for the. Uh, Whatever they said, you know, like the going rate went from twelve to sixteen. They're looking for people at twelve.
6: Yeah, I guess it makes sense to keep it up just in case.
0: Yeah, but uh, now, of course, he's he's right about. There's a lot of people I know in, in my in my nephew who works in a, a manuf or a, a metal service, or parts service, whatever you want to call it, a steel manufacturing company. They le- they legitimately have probably openings for three four people. and Can't find somebody with, with that skill set.
6: Yeah, those skilled. Skilled labor is the hardest to yes. come by, and that's why there's the most in inflation in those.
0: So I'm saying there's, there's there are a real lot of job openings where people don't match up, which is really strange. But then there's an awful lot of job openings where we just hope some chump comes by hasn't realized everybody's making sixteen and will work for twelve, which is kind of weird. I mean, how do I mean how did, you know, I don't think the Menard sign ever goes down, do you or the, or the, you know or to place that, uh uh myers yeah, they, they don't they don't pay Swat, so they're always looking for somebody because the minute somebody leaves you get a dollar more they go mm-hmm. so, and, I mean,
6: and you can have that flexibility of not paying overtime if yes. you need it so yeah. if you have somebody who needs to stay that costs you time and a half versus if you have the part-time guy working say 15 hours or something then you can sub
3: that guy in and
0: yeah it's it's kind of where I as mean, we future's down 30 and if you're down 119 be right back
3: how much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy
0: <laughs> well, Jackson. I'm Tom Howe. Matt Byrne on the board. We have uh, our buddy Greg Pappas is racing around here trying to put coffee in for everybody. And we we're enjoying ours, but I think he might have spilled his. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what are you doing or whatever? He, he's, he was sitting on the floor. I said, why are you sitting on the floor? Because the chair's got coffee in it. It's like, oh, oh there, there you go. Oops. <laughs> well, thanks, anyway. We really appreciate that. We really appreciate nice. ours, though. It's going down pretty good <laughs> if you don't spill it. <laughs> That's 31. <laughs> Isaiah futures up one fifteen. if only Jan would hear it would really be a circus. That futures down 2.03 but he's going to be on the phone in a second. Over here we've got the Dex down one fifty eight. that's a full 1%. Puts you down 58.7%, kick around down 101, one4 In Asia we've got uh, Nikkei up 184, but it's 0.7%. We've got the Hang Seng down 4.38. These guys, after being down forever and they raced up like there was no tomorrow, not are heading south like every day, but they still 21,222 Shanghai down 24.8%. The way of review on Friday, Dow's down 127, S&P down 43 Nasdaq down 193. So we turned south, but still it was a pretty strong week. Uh bonds, up seven basis points, 3.61. The boat up nine basis points. That's a big move. 2.29 and Japan point five zero, exactly at the top of the range that the government says you can go. Uh oil. Up 39 cents but only 73.78 it was over eight hours maybe two weeks ago that's a big drop in oil even though gas prices are actually up for some reason uh, Brent up 65 cents uh 80.62 natural gas unchanged 241 we've got gold up 920 18.85 but now under 1900 a big drop on friday silver up six cents 22.47 uh, copper unchanged at 404 we got bitcoin down 11 bucks 22.879 very steady we got the U.S. dollar, which was crazed on Friday, going, going up. Now, today it's a, uh, it's still, the euro dollar, euro is down a little bit. It's 107. It was was at 109, so it's down two percent in the last few days. Uh, British pound was at 123. Now it's 1.20. So we had a, a big run up in the dollar in the last few days, and that's what's causing old gold and oil to, to drop down. It's very, very confusing here. Uh, Matt, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather,
1: sports. Hey, Good morning. Currently. 6.36 a.m. on February 6, 2023. Uh, traffic, keep in mind a disabled vehicle blocking the left lane outbound on the Dan Ryan around 71st Street, exit 59C. As far as weather in Chicago, clear currently, right now 25 degrees, a high of 43 later today. Sunny skies expected throughout the day. As far as the rest of this week, temperature is expected at a high of 46 degrees by Sunday, mix of rain and snow on Thursday. Right now in Phoenix, clear skies. Currently, forty-eight degrees, a high of sixty-five later on. Yesterday in the NFL Pro Bowl played in Las Vegas, NFC won against AFC thirty-five to thirty-three. Super Bowl this coming Sunday, Kansas City Chiefs to play Philadelphia Eagles in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, that's all I got, Chief. Back to you.
0: The uh, we have Mr. Flanagan. We do indeed. Um, Jan, huh? all, yeah. yeah. all this crazy stuff we're talking about. Uh, where would you like to opine in? We have uh, satellite issues. We've got labor issues. We got earthquake issues. Yeah. Uh, just just saying. Uh, you know,
8: well, the earthquake you were describing in 2010, Tom, I was I experienced that here in Chicago. You know, I sleep. On the, I'm on the second floor of an old brick two flat, and that whole thing has the entire part, apartment vibrating that oh. April morning. But the person on the first floor didn't feel a thing. So it shows you how top heavy these buildings must be in an earthquake.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, by the way, as I, I remember everything, so this, you know, there's here's a job for Jan Flanning. I'll bet you could find that article with your rare talents. Which article? Is that it been? was in the Chicago Magazine. I was on the just on the board. I'm going to say early 1900s, 1990s. Sorry, 1900s, uh, and it had to do with it had to be 30 pages, and it was about the new Madrid earthquake in, Ch- in this area and it had to do with all the earthquake faults and went through all the architecture of all the buildings in Chicago and if we had something like that again, which would survive and which wouldn't? By the way, yours wouldn't, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, I kind of figured that out that day. <laughs> well, if if you ever walk by, you, you guys, you know, think you're all this, this uh, you know, you're very, uh, shall we say, observant. When you go by and see a new home being built, and you see the, uh, you know, some, well, not a lot of them are frame or whatever, but if they, you see the the, the concrete black, and then outside of it, you'll see, like, maybe the face brick or something if it's a brick place. Right. You see those little metal things that come out of one piece of the oh, concrete? The tie bars, yeah. The, and then they drop down into the other brick? Those are for earthquakes.
8: Yep. Yeah, well, I have that on this building here, actually, and, and all the two-flats around here do, too. There are these iron bars that go poke through from... Side to side, and they got locking pins on each side. Um, I don't know how much good they'd be. There. Well, when was the old, two they be When to was the, the place built? 26.
0: 1926. 1926. So. You're screwed. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, your 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 uh, three story brick building has has like no lateral. It can handle anything landing on the top of it. It's got amazing stress from the top, but from the sides, not so much. Yeah. Unless you got those. Somehow or another, they look like tinfoil, but they're not. You know what I'm talking about? Right, yeah. And, and, and those, those are better than iron bars because somehow or another, by, by dropping them down, by having them on a different level, increases your, your lateral stability a lot. But the other thing is they claim that your your big, huge buildings, like your Sears Tower, uh, whatever it is now, San Antonio Building, First National Bank Building, whatever it is now, those are all locked into the bedrock. They You'd have a rough ride, but they'd all be fine. The, yeah. one, the ones that are now... Just you know, on case ends, not so much.
8: Yeah, because they really float. You know? Yeah, you start them floating, and they'll go whatever, whatever direction they want to. Laterally, vertically, they'll you know, fall. You know, there's no stability there really at all.
0: Because actually, when the when the CBOE was going to, uh, I was on the double secret committee that we were going we were going to. Uh, I won't say take over. I'll say merge. Merge was that a better word? With the, with the Pacific Stock Exchange. Well, they were in the process of thinking about building a, a huge building. Not just a single-use building, but a building with like, all kinds of offices and like 25 floors on top of it. So, of course, me being the knucklehead that I am, I dug through all the stuff on the building and how, how you had a... Building in, in California is, is really pretty difficult. Uh, one is wherever they were going to dig had rumors of uh, Indian burial grounds. Mm. So if you started a dig and you ran into that, you were you were like forever. Because you mean you like had, Lincoln Park? Uh, sort of like Li- Lincoln Park. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well Lincoln Park was actually uh, a, a cemetery for white people too. Ah. wasn't it
8: Catholic cemetery?
0: Yeah, yeah.
8: Mm. North Avenue there, where the Cardinals Mansion is, just south of you know North Avenue and State Parkway there. That adjoined what had been a kind of a it was a you know, impoverished you know body of people who had their dead buried there, but wooden tombstones and everything so uh, after the fire everything was relocated to calvary and other cemeteries
0: relocated we dug them yeah. up and
8: they dig, dig them up identify what they could and, and move them elsewhere and clear the, the entire area for the park
0: i'm sorry i interrupted chief no i'm you saying this california yeah. well i'm saying but that that was a, that was a possibility then you had an earthquake the thing and what they do there is they put the, the, the very base of the building is actually on kind of rollers to the point where it, if it starts to move, it can actually, the whole building can kind of roll back and forth and take a lot of the stress off. Pretty interesting. God, I, mean, God. It, I mean, It's, a, I mean, it, you know, it's not going to run down the street on you, but, it's, mm-hmm. it, but it, it, it can move. The bottom of the building can move.
1: Yeah, I, I recall seeing uh, a video of that when I was in, uh, I think, like high school, and some sort of museums in, in Japan, uh, they have that, that protection, those, those rollers that you talked about, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a... Otherwise, caissons are just you just dig down to where the ground is, uh, you know, is, is solid enough and then you start pouring concrete.
6: What if they There's built things
8: the, uh, with bridge supports and everything else, too? Man.
6: Yeah, remember the design for what's the spire? <laughs> did, would, do you think that would have made it? Oh, the uh, yeah, the alliance
8: spire down, down on the lakefront there, Greg? Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah that yeah. was
6: supposed to be as high. I mean,
0: well, you know, boy. they actually did a huge uh, earthquake study on the Golden Gate Bridge and uh. Mm. They where everybody's figured if it had an earthquake, the thing was just going to fall. And actually, the first thought was, well, if it did fall, they would just cut it, let it drop, and then build another bridge. You know, that, that was the fallback position. But a big study, and this one, on, I'm going to say, Jan, remember this was 10, 15 years ago. They found that the uh, the actual bridge itself, the span, was was actually fairly earthquake-proof resistant. I'll say. And the, but they, they, they totally redid all the access roads. But they were the ones that were in trouble. Because, I mean, if you look at where the bridge is, actually the the, the road, especially from the north side, you're, you're above ground like for a while. The access road is, is high up. Yep. So, so they had to redo the entire access areas and they pretty much left the bridge alone. The bridge, I guess, was, is fairly earthquake resistant. And That's one of the reasons why they had to redo the Bay Bridge. Because the Bay Bridge and the, and the one where to do remember where the Giants were supposed to play in a ball game and there was an earthquake right before the game was supposed to start?
8: Oh yeah, the '89
0: one, right? Yeah, and then the, the part of the Bay Bridge fell.
8: It Pancake,
0: yeah. Yeah, and well, uh, it didn't pancake. Just one, one, one spot just dropped on yeah. one of the spans, and I think it was in Was it on the? It didn't drop in the water. I don't think it dropped in the, on one of the pieces of land. It was a
8: two-level right? two bridge, outgoing and incoming yeah. traffic, and one of one of the segments did you know, fell on top of the other one, and it was a long time out of commission.
0: Well. Uh, there was there was another above above ground one on the San Francisco side, where where the people on top dropped on the people on the bottom and killed right. a bunch of people. Yeah, right. that was not good. Yeah, you don't you don't really want if something's going to fall down like that. You like you want to be on the top layer, not the bottom layer. Just <laughs> so, John, what do you make of a uh, – We got the, we got uh, Luke calling in at uh, at seven to talk about knocking down uh, uh the, the flight. I, I was listening. and I turned on uh or something yesterday, and, and they were running tweets of. Well, first of all, I watched one of the. Uh, well, you know, Audrey, of course, had uh, Fox News on, so I turned it on and, on Saturday night, and because that was the station she had on. And of course, you got this old crusty white guy. He could have been on a. He could have been on a central casting, right? Pounding the table that, you know, if he was in charge, if if, if Republicans were in charge, if Trump was in charge, this thing would have been shot down before you know before it left the ground in in China and blah, blah, and, uh, you know, Biden should resign and Harris should resign and, and just just ranting and raving. So yesterday, some some uh, Republican, some mean-mouthed <laughs> Republican lady rep from some place, everybody should resign. The, the greatest president ever, the MAGA president, would never have let this thing get here. Why is it, John, it's so, no matter which side you're on, and this is not a Republican rant, no matter which side you're on, if something like this happens, the other side immediately wants somebody else to start shooting. Yet if it's you, it's like saying, damn it, we're going to hang all these people. Okay, there's the hangman switch, you go pull it. Well, I'm not going to pull it. Why is it that when you're in power, you're supposed to use your head and, and find the easiest and safest way to do this, yet everybody else gets... Can you imagine us fighting World War II with the vitriol, every single time a plane was shot down, he'd want Roosevelt to resi- resign oh or something. Can you imagine? Didn't
6: Richard Nixon try to I launch nukes a couple times when he was drunk?
0: Uh, I, I, I don't think <laughs> so. I, I think know. he did. Oh, God. I, I, I think I think, I think he did. Oh, God.
1: I don't know where you got that story, but I hope not. Nixon did a lot. I, I <laughs> All right, everybody yeah. needs to tweet and yeah. see if that's right. But
0: <laughs> I'm pretty
6: sure Nixon used to drink champagne and fire off orders that people... I'm sure Nixon was
0: actually one of the most brilliant presidents we've ever had, even though he had... Very serious problem. He had serious not issues. Not a
6: scruples at all. A drinking problem and a nuke problem. A <laughs> uh, nuke, well, yeah. nukes
0: are, well uh, Roosevelt was, He had such bad high blood pressure, and everything. He was a, he was a three or four martini. MacArthur a
6: day. wanted to fire nukes
0: at people too. He got oh to yeah, fire. he wanted he wanted to fire nukes at uh, uh, North Korea. Oh yeah, MacArthur
5: was. No, Am
8: thinking about this time, and I'll be anxious to hear what Lou says about it. But it, it appears that nothing would have been said about this event, uh, and it went on for a week. You know that, that, that would, that would, the military knew there had been a violation of airspace and nobody was willing or interested in saying anything about it until you know a news outlet in Billings, Montana reported it and then of course other people said, I can see it too, and it got some legs and all of a sudden there's anecdotal evidence all over the place, well, what is this and f- Biden says he was told you know, about it and on Wednesday wanted it shut down but was told we can't do that until it got, gets out over the ocean, and uh, later then there's accusations that this has been going on all the time, you know, has been previous instances of this, but I gotta believe if, if they weren't prepared to say anything about it this time, nobody was briefed in the past about it either, yeah. Trump, John Bolton, who would have been itching to know about this, because he would have insisted that there be retaliation, says he knew nothing about it. So i, I got to believe that for some time, it doesn't matter who's in the White House, there's a handshake deal among the military and China that this kind of stuff is tolerated, which invites, I, and should invite, some serious discussion about, well, who decided that?
0: Well, I, that's my question. You being the attorney, and we'll be on in a minute, we have dueling attorneys. And I, you know, I, I can take on two attorneys. Well, that's a lot, but I can... Uh, it's, it's I, don't know if I you need some know. help chief. I just <laughs> I mean will help me out. But it, there was an interesting and I'm going to I'm going to wander off which I swore I'd never do when I grew up. I'm going to wander off a little bit and, and talk about how when when people are in charge if the strongest people like if you're the best boxer and you want to beat up the kid across the street uh, then everybody has to use the Marcus of Queenbury rules, right? Well, it just so happens you're the best boxer and he isn't. At some point, if you beat him up every day, he's going to run you over with his car. Now, that, most people would think, well, that's not fair. But people get, the great story on this was when the Germans invented, I think they invented the U-boat, didn't they, World War One. I'm not so sure they were the first, but I'm thinking they were. Well, they torpedoed. There's two British ships sh- shooting along, so they torpedo one of them. And uh, there's all kinds of people in the water, you know, dying. So the second ship stops to pick up survivors, and they torpedo the second ship. Well, of course, the Brits go right to the Geneva Con- Convention Group, or they are in Geneva, mm-hmm. and they say it should be against the rules of war to sink a ship if you don't have the ability to pick up survivors. Because the, the idea of the Brits was naval warfare was going to be battleships run out, get in a big line, and we shoot at each other and see who wins. Well, the British had like three times as many battleships as the Germans, so that was their idea of war, and they, they thought they had the ability to make the rules as well. So my question to you, John, is I, I know that most people would think it illegal if you and I were to take a Piper Cub with a bunch of cameras and start flying over Chinese property and taking pictures of stuff. Mm. They'd probably be seriously pissed off. Now, uh, now if you had a, a U-2 and you're flying yeah. over, they probably can't catch you or a Blackbird, but they're probably pissed off about that too. Now, this balloon is at 60,000 feet. Yet everybody seems to think, or at least we do, that if you if you crisscross China with satellites every second, that somehow that's okay. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. And I'm you know I'm no fan of the Chinese, but what would we say if if they had the ability? I think they had laser technology. If every time one of our satellites went over their property, they they roasted our satellite. And who who said that if you're up high enough it's okay, but at sixty thousand feet you're not. But I'm not. I'm not. Want this thing here? Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. Who makes these rules, and or are they rules? Well,
8: uh, if they are rules, who is is in on the rulemaking? Yeah. And you know, it, it it appears that this is just kind of an ad hoc thing where all of a sudden, you know, Blinken's trip to China got canceled. I got to believe he would he'd be in China now had the public not discovered this. So this is all kind of you know CYA stuff, for purely for political reasons. And I'm I'm much more interested in somebody telling. You know, the, the public as much as they can about strategically what are we, at for, you know, in peril of here? What are these things? I mean, there, there are instances of, the, of them falling elsewhere. I saw some video somewhere in Malaysia or somewhere. One of the, one of these things came down. Um, they look extremely sophisticated. Whatever they are, they don't seem to be weather instruments of any kind.
1: Well,
3: their biggest but, risk what kind of
8: espionage are they capable of of performing? And what kind of Stuff are we doing, likewise in other places? And there's a handshake deal that we we tolerate this stuff. It clearly seemed to be something that that the military was okay with. And remember, remember the episode was it ten or twelve years ago with Payne Stewart, you know, the professional golfer who died, yeah, at the cockpit of his private plane. And they had the military tracking that plane. They weren't sure what was going on.
0: Well, the reason why they were tracking it is they couldn't raise him. And they, when they went up there to check it out, all the windows were all frosted over; they couldn't see in.
8: Right, but I mean that—that that seems to be, you know, at some level I mean, they didn't know maybe it was a civilian craft or a bomber or something else. But but you know the forces were rallied right away. We were
0: a bit, we and, were in a trading pit following up minute by minute because we had a lot right. of Payne Stewart fans in the pit.
8: But is that because he was a celebrity and there oh, were yeah, other absolutely you know, you know oh, but also, from it? I would think that you know something like a spy balloon would get people just as riled up as a private jet that seems to be on. You, know, you can't raise it. But, uh, you know same thing with the, the stuff of 911 and everything else that didn't seem to, to simulate enough interest to get planes up in the air everything was on lockdown and we, we let the space you be invaded by out of control aircraft supposedly well, Mike, Mike uh, this Murphy something was different and this was okay and with everybody at the top I, it's, it's just a shame people found out about it it seems I don't get
0: it I mean plus I, I am uh, another thing is quote shut down I am dying to, t- to take a how big how the hell Can you make a balloon? Now, it's not a hot air balloon because nobody's running it. But how the hell do you have a balloon that has three school buses worth of crap at 60,000 feet and manages to fly around the whole world without deviating course, without... Can they... figure out where, how did, what kind of balloon is there if there's enough helium how much helium do you need to raise three school buses 60,000 feet for God's sake? what well they I, had the other one in south america too so was that yeah. the real course what are they what are they looking for in colombia looking for drugs or what
8: well this, this is you know, there's a whole series of questions here what, what are they looking for um do we have similar craft and what kind of what kind of strategy is Behind having things that are operating in the stratosphere, um, well, what are they Mike capable says, of finding? Can they can they look at subterranean images? Are, are they, do they do espionage work that conventional craft, even at lower altitudes, cannot do? Uh, these are things I don't know. Maybe maybe Luke can help us out. Well,
0: there. Mike is trying to help us out. Or he says we for here, years we've had a treaty with Russia called Open Skies. Well, okay, at, so all the people who aren't in the treaty. Got to go with our treaty so we can send one over to Columbia and, and, and spy on them. Without, that's okay. We don't have to get their permission because we got one. with I mean, there's a, lot of, a million questions. You know what's weird, John? Remember, you're, well, I don't know. Uh, Greg is probably not old enough. Uh, there was, we got this big, huge space station up there now, right? Well, I don't know if you know, Greg, but this is not the first one. There was There was one was it 30 years ago, Mir? The, the Soviet Mir station, yeah. No, no, we, there was one we sent up. Uh, mirror and
6: ISS are the only ones I know.
0: I know, but there was one. And remember, the thing had a decaying orbit, and it was coming down. uh Oh, <laughs> where did it come down? Well, and the big, the big fear was where was it going to come down? Yeah. Didn't, didn't it end up coming down in like the Australian outback and not hurt anybody, John. Yeah, yeah. But that, that was like Space Station One or something. That had to be when was that? That had to be in the early nineties, maybe the eighties. Uh, there was this. Yeah, let's see if you can find that out. Part of me kind of mm-hmm. thinks this balloon
6: thing is just a giant diversion.
0: Well, I mean but I mean that space station couldn't have been as big as this thing if it's three school buses big. Of course the school buses are all different sizes. Now is it the biggest school bus? Is it the smallest school bus? You know, when I went to in Canada, we went the school was a Volkswagen bus. So if it was that big, it's not too big. But so yeah, do you really want them shooting the thing down over Chicago? I'm thinking no. <laughs> I mean all it takes is it to land on your head and you're you're thinking they screwed up, right?
8: yeah as, as Greg just said, I mean, if this was some sort of diversion or a test or a provocation to see how much people raise their hackles over it, assuming eventually people are going to see these things, but the impression we're getting from the, you know the, the higher ups are that well, this has gone on all the time. you just haven't noticed it, well I find that hard to believe.
0: Well didn't a couple of people say there were a couple of them during the Trump administration, and he was everyone told about them?
8: Right. And, and, and nobody in, this, in the Congress either. And you know, there, there is going to be a congressional briefing on this come September fifteenth. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that room.
0: Well, what, oh, uh, what my, my my some of my right wing people, I'm not going to say, girlfriend, uh, <laughs> was some story about that? You know, they were they were over our our uh, ICBM things in North Dakota.
8: What? Well, there's a G- Gateway Pundit article um, that tracks this thing, and I think there's there's fifteen or sixteen. U.S. military bases that were um, tracked by this
0: thing. But, uh, but it, if you go over a, an ICBM thing, all you, don't you see just the top of a door? I mean, <laughs> uh,
8: but are they looking for stuff below the ground? I, mean, I think maybe. there's probably a capability for that at some level. If they did, they wouldn't tell people about it, maybe. I've got to believe that there's some reason to do this strategically, and I don't know what it could be, and maybe the Chinese aren't even aware of what they're looking for, but it's a way of testing the waters to see how much they can get away
0: with. Well, you know, I, I don't, you know, again, I'm sure, I'm no rocket scientist, I'm not like uh, Jethro and Beverly Hillbanks. Uh but I mean, we, when we send a rocket up Cape Canaveral, I mean, the thing is back and forth, back and forth, it, it always, you know, it seems like it, they shut it down twice before the thing finally works. Uh, these things that we have in these silos from like 1954, if we fired up 10 of them, how many, how many would work? I mean, was the last time they, they tested one of those things to see if it still works?
8: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's the, the, the value of it is in people knowing they're there, whether they have and hoping they never have to be used. You know, so I'm gonna say it's the ultimate d- deterrent. You
0: know, so I'm going to say that our deterrents now are the ones on the submarines because those you keep—they've you know, keep so got
8: to be better maintained.
6: Skylab started deteriorating yeah, Skylab. Ten, ten miles from the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. said that was uh, much later than they anticipated, and also that the atmosphere had a different amount of energy. Uh, than they anticipated in the seventies, so there wasn't as much heat, I guess, and so it came in at a different angle, and it it was, some stuff, yeah. And it wasn't
1: Australia; it landed, and, and by, yes. yeah, it was Australia, and that was uh, nineteen seventy nine July eleventh. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> everybody was worried about what if this thing lands in New York? Remember, I'll land at all? Oh what are Because <laughs> you they had no idea where it was going to land, right? Yeah. Well, well yeah.
8: it was the same thing with, with the space station too when it broke up. I mean, it was. Once they knew it was a goner, then the concern came, well, what if it falls in a populated area? What kind of a debris field will this be? Um, and there's very little anybody could do to control it, that kind of a disaster at, at any level.
0: So. Well, Mike has been helping me out here by sending me a text. He's been helping out a lot lately on this stuff. He said they went over some B-2 bomber bases and stuff. But I'm, I'm, I am mean, my idea of a balloon, you know, the hot air balloons that people used to have, right? They have them over Steamboat Springs and plays you go up for one of the ride I never wanted to go on a ride in one of those things, but... Uh, then there's the helium balloons. I'm dying to find out the technology to sink. Could it steer itself? How do you steer the damn thing? Is there a propeller on there by solar-powered? I, mean,
8: I, I don't know. I've heard conflicting reports that it was directable like a dirigible or a blimp. It certainly doesn't look like it from what I've seen of, of depictions of it. Um, I don't know r- what kind of propulsion it would use in order to get itself into the, the path it wanted to get into when it's, it's traveling at that high a level, because there's little wind resistance anyway at 60,000
0: feet. So, I don't know. <laughs> supposedly had a, of course, the guys, a couple of uh, pundit knuckleheads I was with Friday night, and they go, geez, we got to get like a World War Two plane that can actually fly at 100 miles an hour to shoot it down, and the plane going like 400 miles an hour can't even hit the damn <laughs> thing. Well, obviously, we did, right? We figured out a way to knock it down, but Anyway, <clears throat> we're gonna head off the break here. We'll come back. with have uh, Lou maybe educating us as we used to say in the South Side, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, I can't get—I don't think we've ever had so much to talk about in one day ever. <laughs> Between <laughs> the labor numbers, the million one people we somehow found. This is this is crazy world. SB and down twenty five. Nasdaq futures down, NASDA down ninety five. Be right back. Stocks and jacks.
5: Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, Give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's
2: 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona.
5: Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks, jocks,
6: Stocks
0: Jocks, Stocks, and Jocks. You are out
7: of control! Right here, right now, right
8: here, right now, right now. Where's the Tylenol? Up on the hill, people.
0: Hello, welcome back and Jacks. I'm Tom Owl. Matt Burning on the board. Matt, you got to go get uh, some of the quotes from Airplane. yeah. We picked a bad week to stop sniffing oh, glue. Oh,
1: definitely, yeah. I got some of those right here, actually.
0: Yeah. Do we uh, Speaking of sniffing glue, we have glue? <laughs> we do indeed.
1: Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm snorting away out here.
0: I just, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm anxious to have you on here because I'm going to say I'm getting all kinds of stuff here from... Uh, how is it that every right winger knows everything about this thing even though nobody's even seen it?
4: it's like everything it's like everything else on on you know social media. Uh, I saw somebody tweet out that uh, I was uh, like last Tuesday or Wednesday and she tweeted out overnight I find that I've suddenly become an expert on on signals intelligence. <laughs> Yeah, and, and balloon balloon trajectories. <laughs>
0: well, here one guy I want to say Kevin writes in same kind of controls used the guided drone. It's a commodity technology, and then you know, and Mike, Mike, and then Mike tweets in that all this stuff about the thing being here during Trump administration is another Biden lie. How, how does how does anybody know what anyone does anybody know any of this stuff?
4: Well, okay, so so the Trump the Trump thing, I I, I think is all, the comment that these things had come over. U.S. territory during the Trump administration, um, or the same thing happened during the Trump administration. I, I'm almost sure is a lie, and the reason for that is that that would have been very damaging to to Trump if it had leaked, and and so it, it didn't leak. There was no there was no leakage of that story. It it's quite possible that weather balloons came over the Aleutian, some part of the Aleutian Island chains. The Soviet, the Soviets, and the Russians, um, overfly that area occasionally. Uh, with aircraft and uh, so that I mean that's almost that's almost Derek now but um, I I, I don't believe I I don't believe the uh, the, that this something like this happened with Trump I can I can almost guarantee you that all hell would have broken loose if uh, if a Chinese spy balloon I think that's what this was had, had drifted across the continental United States. That, that that's a violation of sovereignty and, and a violation of airspace.
0: Why? Well, the do, do Chinese not have satellites.
4: Sure, but this is a much more effective way of collecting information than a satellite. Why? Oh, come on, man! Well, How long I is a satellite overhead?
0: I don't know. As I'm asking you, I mean, uh, but I mean, uh, can you? Well, Okay.
4: The only the only way of getting a lingering presence a loitering presence is with an aircraft or a balloon. Satellites come racing across the ones the ones in been most almost all of these things have to be in low earth orbit because they're detecting signals or taking pictures so they come screaming across at you know whatever it is 17,500 miles an hour whatever the orbital speed is so so they're I mean they can take snapshots and they can collect some stuff but it's not like the ability the ability you have with an aircraft like aircraft i used to fly um to loiter in an area for hours listening to everything going on or a balloon which can do the same thing and and you know you had to note that this thing came in it came in over uh, a uh, missile field in a strategic air old strategic air command base that's now uh air combat command uh in in montana it then drifted down over our b2 base in Missouri,
0: you you say drifted. Are we thinking this thing can be steered or it's powered?
4: Oh, it definitely can be steered. It had it had propulsion devices. It had like propellers or something on it. They mm. they definitely could steer it.
0: So it's more like a blimp than a balloon.
4: Yeah, yeah. So so you know the 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 idea. That's why I say I'm almost sure this thing was a spy balloon. And you used to, you'd love to have something like this across the interior. I mean, we flew, you know. Out, peripheral reconnaissance missions around the outside of the, you know, the Soviet Union, we've, we've done that for for decades, but you always wanted to try to get some information about what was going on. I mean, those aircraft uh, and, and even balloons that you put up outside the borders in, in international airspace are, are typically limited to line of sight. So, you know, you, you couldn't get... A lot of intelligence about what was actually happening on the interior of the Soviet Union or a lot of other places where you were you were trying to take a look at
0: well I guess what my, my question so, is, so this,
4: this, is this, this is an invaluable opportunity
0: right? so for, you can, you're you saying that you can do a hell of a lot more at 60,000 feet than you can from a satellite
4: I'm saying that you can do a hell of a lot more at 60,000 feet with an airspeed of 70 miles an hour okay. than you can with a satellite at 100 miles or 150 miles at an airspeed of 17,500 miles an hour.
0: All right, so I'm, I'm I'm sure. I mean, I don't know enough. I'm not going to be accusing Trump or not accusing Trump or whatever. Any of these people knowing or not knowing, I find it somewhat unusual that this would be like the first one ever. I
4: mean, I well, this may well have been the first one that drifted this far over the over the continent of the United States. I mean, I think I think there's. I, I, I'm not sure what the Rationale was for us basically publicizing this the fairly well, fairly well. I mean, you you could have the government could have very easily said, "Oh yeah, that's one of our weather balloons up there." I don't know people are seeing it; it's a weather balloon. We, just we shut up about
0: it. We've been dissing UFOs for fifty years. We could have done it with. The, I don't. I think. Uh, well, Jan mentioned in one of the places in, in Montana. Actually had a pretty good shot of it, so maybe they realized it was time they couldn't lie about this one.
4: Well, I mean, it couldn't have People's Republic of China written on it. I mean, so you could have yeah. you could have said you could have said it was a weather balloon. I mean, the funniest one of the funniest things I saw early on was a, a picture of a balloon with "Hi Eric, Love fang, fang, written, <laughs> written on the of it or for Eric Swalwell. But uh, no, I mean we. we we publicized it, and I mean, I think that's a good question as to why we did. Um, we did, and, and and I think it was a mistake to let it drift. I would have shot it down over Montana, but, you know, I am I will tell you that we ran, I can, or at least I can, I can tell by the flight radar app, that we ran the uh, collection missions against the balloon. I don't know whether the Chinese turned their transmitters off, but we had aircraft up that were circling it, looking, listening to it, and, and monitoring it uh, for much of its track over the over the continent of the United States. Uh, you know, aircraft like I used to fly in.
0: Well, I, I mean, so, always, I always look, uh, is, is the obviously the guy who's the best boxer says you can only fight by boxing, right? Well, I remember one of the quotes of uh, in the history of Colt firearms was, was God didn't make uh, people equal, Colt did, you know. Uh, how How is it that somebody says I can run a satellite over your place and that's okay, but you can't do this over my place. I mean, by the way, I don't want it here, and you know I'm not a big fan of the Chinese, and I'm not a, not a, least upset that the thing got shot down.
4: I'm I'm pretty happy See, they shut. This has nothing to do with legality. This was illegal under international law.
0: Okay, but that's who got down? But who? But who? But who, uh, who gets to make in an international law? The people with the satellites?
4: No, the people the people with the guns. Yeah, international law. International law is not law in any meaningful sense, like you and I recognize. Right, where you would go to a judge. You know,
0: right. So, so they, but if we put
4: inter- international international law is driven by by military force and and economic influence.
0: Without a doubt, that's that's my point. I mean, if we if we had one skittering across China, a satellite, or one in synchronous synchronous orbit, if we had such a thing. Which I think you probably can do. I know the enterprise can always do that, uh, and they and they, they lasered it down. Well, would well, okay, would that so be okay? that's a
4: different that's a different issue. Most the, the the boundaries of space are generally considered under international law considered to be international space, okay, and then like international waters. Your airspace extends up to the boundaries of space where you can support where you can support a satellite orbiting. And that's, that's, you know, 60, what is it, 100 kilometers, 62 miles. So that's generally considered the limit of any claims on airspace sovereignty.
0: Okay, generally considered by who, the people with satellites?
4: The, the people who launch who launch satellites, yeah. yeah. I mean, some, yeah. some you know, Bo- Bur- Burkina Faso, to go back to my favorite example, Burkina Faso uh, can say, listen, I, I claim everything up to the moon. But but it doesn't it doesn't have any meaningful effect because they have no way of enforcing it.
0: But in the last twenty years, we've we've, we've certainly realized on every front, domestic and, and foreign.
4: Let me, let me just go yeah. back. An attack on a satellite or attacks on satellites in international space would generally be considered to be a hostile act, an act of war, or something equivalent.
0: Well, but I guess I'm not trying to be argumentative, but I guess I guess I am. If I didn't. I mean, Mike just Mike just uh, tweeted uh, tweeted text me that the U.S. and Russia have a free sky or some some stuff.
4: Oh, but yeah, but that's a different that's a different treaty. I mean, there's a there's an understanding between all nations that that, as I said, space as defined as 100 kilometers is is generally considered to be international an international. Okay, but uh,
0: I, I, area. but I guess what I'm saying is is if China says I didn't sign the damn thing, but by, by the way. You guys don't want a weather balloon over your place. We don't want anybody over you, any of your stuff over our place. We got these lasers, so get them the hell out of here.
4: <laughs> this is all driven by capability. The Chinese could say we don't want our airspace violated, and we say we don't want our airspace violated. But if we can't enforce it, people can fly over our airspace willy nilly, and we did back in the nineteen fifties and nineteen sixties.
0: Did we? I thought the uh, Chinese were doing this massive labor, tech, laser technology stuff with the ability to take out a satellite years ago. Did that just die, or do they actually... Well, well,
4: uh, uh, the Soviet Union, China, you know, China's demonstrated an ASAT capability, so have we, so have, so have the Soviets. But my, my point is that within, you know, the, the thing that the thing that stops you from flying, overflying a, a foreign country, violating its sovereignty, the thing that stops you is that foreign country's military capability to shoot down your aircraft or your balloon or whatever.
0: So it's it's the it's the, it's the law of of might as usual.
4: Well, it, it is. I mean, I mean, international law says you can't overfly or it's a violation of state sovereignty to overfly another nation at, at you know altitudes like that balloon. Okay, that's great. I'm going to overfly. I'm going to overfly Burkina Faso. What are they going to do about it? oh
8: uh, uh, hey yeah
0: uh, just as a, as the engineer part of Lou and I think Jan and I were both uh, very interested in this how the hell do you get when I, when I see a balloon I see either a hotter balloon over a steamboat or I see Steve Fawcett trying to go around the world and he's how do you get something big enough to hold up three school buses at 60,000 feet without any kind of leak without any degradation without anything think one one hell of a balloon
4: we, we've been doing we've been doing that for decades chief. Our high altitude weather balloons are the size for lifting capacity. You could fit Soldier Field inside some of the NASA balloons that we launch for for high altitude uh, weather.
0: Well, are they are they? There's no stru- are there, is there a structure to them? Or are they more like a blimp?
4: No, they're 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 a balloon. They've got their some kind of real thin. I mean, the the, the thickness of the plastic is like a sandwich wrapper.
0: And, and it's, uh, filled, it's filled they, with helium.
4: They're, they're, filled, they're filled. with with helium, and and. The you know, the pressure differential is very small at high altitude. So they're designed they're they're they fill they are they up, you know, on the on, on their, their the calculations how much gas you put in the thing. I think I think the net, one of the biggest NASA ones is like forty million cubic feet. Wow. You you put you put a lot of gas in there, you inflate the thing very slowly, it it pulls up. I mean I've watched them launch from White Sands. You, really, you, really? Oh my god. Well, that's I'm why that's why I'm, that's why I'm asking you. That much, I was excited on Alan I mean, I've watched I've watched those things go up. I mean, you know, like twice or something. But they you know they fill it very slowly. You know, it, it goes up and it's a very careful calculation as to how much the, what the pressure differential is and the strain on that on that mylar surface. And then they let it go, and it takes you know it takes like a day or two for the thing to get to altitude. Well,
0: how far? How far does it, can you gauge how far it goes up? Oh yeah. Well, how far? I mean, the helium doesn't. Sixty thousand.
4: I I mean, I mean I said, well, you know, I I'm sorry, you could tell how far it's going up, obviously with radar. But, but yeah, you can. I mean, you get a rough estimate as to how far you want it to go up.
0: But there can't be much air up there, I guess. How much helium?
4: There's not very much air up there at all.
0: So the so the helium, even if it's lighter than air, in order to have the the, the stress or in order to have the power to, to have you know a thousand pounds over this thing, good lord. I mean, I just I, I'd love to see a picture of it. I guess is what I'm.
4: I mean, 40, million, Forty million. cubic feet of helium. So a lot of helium.
0: So it has to be more than one balloon. It must be a bunch of them, right?
4: No, it's one balloon. It's a great wow. big huge air mass. Like I said, chief, you could fit Soldier Field inside one of these balloons.
0: And uh, and if we didn't shoot it down, how long would the thing keep going?
4: If you don't shoot it down, I mean, I mean, there's some leakage, so eventually it'll it'll you know either it, uh, they they can burst or or it event gradually leaks out enough and it. It settles down, or they've got a triggering device on it to bring it down.
0: So, I can put enough helium in where I know this one's going to be twenty-five thousand feet. I know this other one's going to be sixty. How do I how do I gauge how high it goes up? How much helium I put in it?
4: Yes, but you, you you know what the you know what the density altitude is up there because you've sent balloons up before. You know what the density altitude is, and and you calculate that much helium to go in uh, to the to the balloon to lift it to that point where you get equilibrium. And and then you send it up. Do you, you
8: know what the yeah. the geopolitical um, issues are with helium right now? I mean, is, is the U.S. still a sole producer of it? Do we sell it to other we're, we're we're big we're big on it. Um, I don't know.
4: I don't know what. I mean, I have not heard of a world shortage of helium. Mm-hmm. Neon, yes. Helium, no. Um, so so it's not a problem it's not a problem for us to inflate these things as I said I've, I've, I've watched what I think two launches so um, it, it's, it's, all very, you know, it's all very scientific very impressive it's, it's, a, it's an engineering marvel that they'll send those things up and I mean you know 100,000 feet
8: 120,000 feet you can get them up pretty high wow I know the Germans were all bit out of shape in the 30s when we wouldn't sell them helium for their dirigible fleet but um, yeah and, the, and of course yeah, after, have, after the hydrogen, hydrogen blew up they figured out yeah. our name was not the ring. Well anyway, I, so so that's that's the science there. The other
4: the other thing I wanted to talk about is the signals intelligence stuff. And and the, the Chinese were no doubt transmitting first transmissions or encrypted transmissions to to you know, they they do their signals intelligence collection or photographic intelligence collection. That thing looked more like a signals big signals Collection system with those giant helical antennas off the side of it, but you know the idea is you're you're basically vacuuming up every radio, cell phone signal, all the other stuff that was was coming through. Although with TikTok, they know the they know the cell phone numbers and signals of every teenager in the United States and young adult in the United States and Canada. But this thing would be vacuuming up all you know aircraft call signs, you know maintenance transmissions, coded. Uh, first transmissions between, you know, the B 2 units and the aircraft and their command centers and, and all of that. And, and, and then transmitting it back to China. Um, we did say that we turned everything off when the balloon came over. I, I will promise you there was one guy who didn't get the memo. Um, so I, I have no doubt they, they collected something that they thought was worthwhile. Um, we sent, collection aircraft, like I said, against the balloon to try to, I assume, to try to intercept whatever the thing was radiating out and to take some some very high-resolution pictures of exactly what the equipment was and, and try to figure out, you know, so we knew what it was, I have a pretty good idea what it was doing. Um, the shoot-down, you know, I, I, I was fascinated by the shoot-down because, uh, you know, you just can't, you just can't come up and, and shoot a bunch of, of uh, cannon shells at the at the balloon. They don't make big enough holes. Like I said, the, the balloon's the size of a, you know, you could put a football stadium inside it. So, you know, individual little, you know, 20 millimeter holes in, because the bolts won't, the, the cannon shells won't detonate, 20 millimeter holes in the side of the thing, even if you put a thousand of them in there, is not going to cause that thing to come down with any speed. And remember, we wanted it to come down so we could collect the, collect the uh, equipment. So, putting, doing that, you, you're going to have to hit it with, a, with something that's going to fragment or tear a big enough hole in the thing to take it down. They fired an AIM-9X, which is a very sophisticated, uh, well, it, it's not, I can't even really say infrared guided. It's an optically guided air-to-air missile. Um, they fired that at it from a range of a couple of miles. Oh, that's another disadvantage. With a cannon, you had to get close enough to this thing to, to tear it up. And, and at high speeds and at that altitude, that could become problematic. So, so, from a couple of miles away, I think the, the launch aircraft was maybe maybe between five and 10,000 feet below the balloon. He fires this thing. The The missile is act, actually cued by the pilot's headset. So the pilot's headset has a little reticle, electronic or digital reticle, that appears on his mask or on his uh, face screen. And he can turn and look, and the, the seeker head in the missile will actually follow his head movements. So he turns, looks at the target area where he wants the missile to hit, Designate that the missile sees that comes off the rails, and, and you saw it. it was a it, now. It looked to me like the missile did not strike the balloon. It looked to me like the missile's warhead actually, the missile actually hit the the package or part of the, the instrument package, and then exploded. I thought it was an, an explosion because the balloon instantly shredded which would be consistent with a fragmentation burst from uh, from one of those one of those missiles.
0: Why didn't we just shoot shoot enough bullets in the thing to get it to a soft landing in Nebraska,
4: someplace. Because because you have no control over that, and and it, you want you want to bring the thing down right where you want it to come down.
0: Okay, all right.
4: So fragmenting the fragmenting the balloon like that causes it to come straight down. Now, what it looked like to me again, I think I think it looked to me like the missile actually hit the package, and you saw the package the instrument package separate from the balloon oh. after the hit. It fell away clean. So
0: what are, what are we going to learn from that, anything? Uh,
4: i we, we we learn a lot, I mean, depending on what kind of shape it is when it hits the water, it's probably in better shape that it hit the water rather than the land um we could we could pick up a fair amount depending on how much is you know how much is in there. I mean what one of the things we could do quite easily is just hold this up and say this is a Chinese spy flight that violated u s sovereignty. We take that very seriously. The Secretary of State's visits off, and uh you guys are you guys are jerk faces, and uh you know
0: I know you all you're always telling me to. To not put myself in the mind of any of these other people, so I'm going to do it to you instead. Do the Chinese actually think that if this, if, if this was the first one, and God knows, I don't know, uh, how did they how did they think for a second it was going to get across the whole country that big without somebody spotting it, somebody not flying by it, or something? And what what was their
4: motivation? I mean, what do you chief, mean? there's lots of questions. So so question. My first question was, why are we publicizing this? My mm-hmm. my my second question is why didn't we once we publicized it why don't we shoot it down over Montana and and you know let it bounce off some the head of some Montana rather than mm-hmm. than somebody in your Myrtle Beach why not by by the way one of my friends from, who lives in Atlanta said A satellite being shot down over Myrtle Beach is like the most Myrtle Beach thing ever yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> the the, uh, the so so why did uh, it, it it well it could well have gone off course. I mean, the thing, if you look at the track, the thing flew over our military installations in Alaska. Why did we shoot it down over Alaska? Mm. We have F-22s uh, in Alaska. I mean, I don't, I don't understand lots of things unless, I mean, it could have been, uh, and, and maybe maybe we are so supremely confident in our ability to, to turn off, you know, signals and intercept this thing or jam it or whatever, Maybe we are so supremely confident in our ability to do that that this wasn't gonna do us any harm that we just yeah, what the hell, let's let it drift and then we'll give the American people a show. I,
0: I, I think John might um, I won't say stumbled into it, uh, earlier mentioned that's why I'm 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 not blaming Trump or anything like that. That's why I'm I'm my South Side mentality says that for some reason we think that we can jam it enough that we don't give a shit, basically. And it it's somehow or another, somebody in Billings, like John mentioned, somebody
4: else spotted it, and then it became a big deal.
0: Mm. Could
4: could be, uh, but it still doesn't make sense for us to say it's a Chinese. It's a Chinese balloon. We,
8: we it could have said it's military, and everybody looked bad. Yeah, I agree with you absolutely. I, mean, I mean, I mean, we could have we could have said anything.
4: Um,
8: so, so I'm. There, there are lots of unanswered questions there. The other
4: comment that I would make, and I'm sure some of your guys saw this, your or the re, the listeners saw this. When I heard the call sign, Frank-01 and Frank-02 for the F-22s, I thought, are they, are they referring to, to uh, Frank Moot, the Arizona Balloon Buster, who was the first Army Air Corps, or actually Signal Corps at the time, uh, guy to win the Medal of Honor in World War I? He, uh, he shot down something like 12 or, or 13 enemy observation balloons, uh, which was at that time was extremely dangerous. And uh, got shot down on his on his last mission and uh, was killed when he pulled his forty five out and started shooting the Germans who were coming to to take him. Wow! Um, well, you know,
0: they were they were strafing him and he pulled his gun out and, and shot a guy in the head with a pilot didn't he, or something.
4: Well, they weren't. I don't know if they were strafing him, but he pulled his forty five out and attacked the the Germans who were coming after him. Anyway, he 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 got the Medal of Honor, and the, the fact that they used that call sign I thought was pretty was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean I. Well, I tell you what, the questions on this are, are going to be there, for like, forever,
4: eh? I mean, it's, I mean, we're, we're, well, and again, you open up, I mean, there's all kinds of interesting stuff. So so the reason I know that we had reconnaissance our reconnaissance missions targeted against the, the balloon is because the aircraft, it's called a Combat Scent aircraft, was out flying missions, and you could see it on flight radar. And it had its call sign out in the open. And I thought, why would you do that? We're, we're running collection flights against this thing. What are, what are we what are we doing did they clear, um did they clear out so so I, I mean i presume the chinese are on flight radar you know i mean we've got 80 fbi agents monitoring twitter i assume they've got a few monitoring uh you know monitoring these strikes these i assume they knew that thing was up there and just said okay don't don't turn on any burst transmission did you two? A, back,
0: back you, you two gentlemen uh, happen to spot a watch uh is it face the nation with uh, who's the irish lady uh Tells her name.
1: Nora Jones. No, uh,
0: uh, she spe- she spent CNBC mm. a long time ago. Anyway, she was interviewing first. She had uh, Ted Cruz, then some Democratic guy, and then she had was it Gary Cohn, the Trump's uh, was he economic advisor or something, something. And they, and they started talking about, you know, this uh, TikTok, and how mm. there's 200 million users here. Oh and yeah. And you can't. And she's like, is that ship sailed or what? And the guys and the guy.
4: You know, and she says, she Donald, would, "Why Donald Trump? That's why Donald Trump wanted to, wanted to ban it in the U.S.?" Well, but it's, I mean, a, it's a fantastic but is, device. But,
0: but it's also, you know, Donald Trump and Biden and all and all these—I use the term mutts—say a lot of things, and it's all BS. I they don't I mean because I, she asked she asked this Cohen guy, who was Trump's right hand man for economics, says, "Well, should we ban Chinese investments?" And he was like, it "Was like she shot him." Oh God! If there's if there's money to be made there, how can we stop that? I mean, do, we don't know. We don't know if we're on foot or horseback here. Uh, well, I, I don't think. I mean, I mean. We
4: well, I'm sorry. The substantial difference between investing in the Chinese company or doing a startup in China and and allowing the Chinese spy software app get 300 million you, of your cell phones.
0: Well, then then there's the stuff with Huawei. Now, I've I've some we, of the listeners. We
4: work to shut them down. Okay, but some of the
0: some, s- some of the listeners have said that while we were asleep over here, I don't know if this is true, uh, again, this is stuff I hear, I mean, God knows if you, can, if you can ever figure out if anything is true, that somehow or another we let Huawei get a whole bunch of patents on on 5G technology, and one of the things here is we're trying to steal the patents from them by banning them. I, I don't know, is that true? I, I doubt it. But, I mean, the rumors are, we don't seem to have any information. We just, we just went through a, a labor number on Friday where we found a million one people, for God's sake. Does anybody, know. Be, does anybody believe anything that any of these people do, and it's not a, uh, a right or a left deal? I don't,
4: I don't, I don't, know about believing it, but but I, I would be all in favor of shutting the TikTok app down.
0: What was the, what would you what would you do it? I mean, how do you how do you tell? I mean, why why don't people shut it down themselves? Yeah. I mean, they they just they have to have it. I mean, I mean, how why
4: why can't? Are, are you are you asking me to express a, my opinion on the judgment of the average ten or thirteen year old?
0: Well, I mean, I, I guess that's. I mean, we, we
4: you know, I'm, I'm, what, or their parents' ability to control what they put those kids put on their cell phones.
0: Well, I mean, the parents' inability to control what their kids do these days to me is. is I mean, you want to
4: talk about you want to talk about the realm of impossibility, impossible technological feats. That that's something that would have to be done at you know at the internet level mm-hmm. rather than rather than the individual household
0: level. Well, you know, it's it's so interesting. I had a we're going to run over here for a second, but I was at the. Uh, uh, I was a, I was a janitor, right? And then one of the one of this guy, real African American dude, he was the head janitor at South Shore High School. A guy named Ellie Walker, one of the nicest men i have ever met, and he's got two or three sons, and he's like, he says to me, you know, it's not that they're trying to be slick, and realize, and, and trying to get stuff by me. He goes, how are they so dumb to not realize that I was young once? I did the same stuff, and by the way, I was a lot better at it. <laughs> you know, they they keep thinking they're fooling me. They're not. They're not even close. Uh.
4: Gee, you know. Again, you haven't had the pleasure of raising children to adulthood, but but I can I will tell you that the judgment of the average, you know, eighteen year old teenage male is like that of about you know, like a ten year old. Their their judgment centers from a biological and emotional perspective. Stop. <laughs> at, at about 12 And they don't They don't reignite Until they're in their mid-twenties Probably it's Something later than that
1: I'm only halfway there then You're only halfway there, <laughs> man <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> But I'm saying I mean it, I mean, I, I would think that If, if everybody thinks that This is a bad idea Somebody can say Get the thing off your phone you, I mean There's got to be somebody I mean I would have paid attention If my mom dad to said. dad there
4: somebody
0: There isn't any somebody You have
4: right? no You have no idea of devious the average 14 or 15 year old is especially with technology that his parents are not particularly well versed
0: in i suppose yeah all right but thank you very much john why don't you hang around for uh, for audrey and you know, because we're sure. going to talk about real estate and uh sb feeders down 29 nasa feeders down 116 lou take care of yourself talk to you on thursday be right back stocks and jocks
7: Stocks,
0: jocks, and
8: stocks, and
7: jocks.
4: You are out of control. Here. Right Looks right 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 like I picked the wrong week
0: quit sniffing glue. Hello, I'm Ropex Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tamayo. Matt Byrne on the board. SB Futures down 32. And SB Futures down 128. Matt, and all your time here, have you had a day as wild as this for all this news?
1: No, I, you know, unless unless we're talking, uh, <laughs> I think the day that we uh, had that big accident on the Eisenhower. No, I can't think of a day where we had more news. Yeah, yeah,
0: that was pretty tough that yeah. day. Uh, over in Europe, we've got the uh, we got the Dow down on 171, so we're we're down here, but we we're down a little bit more. And it looks like we're at least somewhat stable here, at least for the moment. Dex down 129.8 percent. Footsie down 54.7. Kekron down 94 1.3. So they're right about where they were the last time we looked, so nothing. Crazy there. The Nikkei up 184.7%. Uh, we have the Hang Seng down 438. That's over 2%. These guys were 14.5. I think they got back to 24? 23.5 and now they're back down to 21. So, been a wild ride over there. Shanghai down 24.8%. You wonder what this whole thing with this balloon is going to do to China. If it's, a, if it's a plus or minus. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Mm. Uh, Friday, Dow's down 127. S&P down 43. NASDAQ down one. 92, that's a full 1.6 in the NASDAQ, but we've been up so much that it's still, I think we're still up on the week. Uh, bonds, up 9 basis points, 3.62 to bund up 9, uh, 2.2, It's pretty mo- big move there. Japan, right at the number, 0.50 that the government says they can move up to. We're going to see if they raise that top end at 0.75 as everybody else is raising their rates. I mean, they're really an outlier here. Be interesting to see what they do. Uh, oil, up 90 cents, it seems like a lot. It's still only up to $74.29. Brent up $121, 81.15. Natural gas up three cents, two forty-four. Arbob up two cents two thirty-four. Uh, I paid well, in the Burbs it was three seventy something. Mm. So it's a dollar forty spread between Arbob and uh gas. It's kind of a lot, even though the tax down in Olano is ninety one well, in Chicago, it's ninety-one cents. Mm. Uh gold. Up five sixty but under nineteen hundred. Eighteen eighty-two. Silver down seven cents, twenty-two thirty-three. Copper unchanged at 404. These things have getting buffeted about by changes in the dollar, which has been moving all over the place. Uh, Crypto, Bitcoin on 28 bucks, 22,862. Very stable in that area. Dollar today, steadier than it has been. Um, It's actually up a little bit against the euro, 1.076, but it was up, that was 109. So it's about a 2% move in the last few days. And the the British pound is 1.20, was 1.23. So again, another 2% move, which is a lot in in a currency. Uh, Matt, what do you have for, us for weather sports?
1: Yeah, good morning. Currently 7.38 a.m. on February 6, 2023. Weather in Chicago clear currently. Right now 27 degrees, a high of 43 later today. Sunny skies now and throughout the day. As far as the rest of this week, temperature is expected at a high of 48 degrees by Sunday, a mix of rain and snow on Thursday. Right now in Phoenix, clear skies currently 47 degrees, a high of 65 later on. Yesterday in the NFL, Pro Bowl played in Las Vegas, NFC won against AFC, 35-33 super bowl this coming sunday kansas city chiefs to play philadelphia eagles in glendale arizona chief it occurred to me uh another day we had huge huge news i would say the only other day compared to this is the time we had that guy literally shot outside of our uh, uh building uh way back when back. i was
0: interviewing the copper on the way yeah. in
1: that's what i yeah that was yeah. This, uh, i'd say compared to this that's day, a great memory on that one yeah <laughs> a classic a classic uh, and fun memory at stocks and yeah. Stocks, yeah. But other than that back to you chief do um, we have Audrey? We do indeed,
0: and we have still oh, have really? and we still have we do. So we have our two real estate experts. So we're going to axe an expert. Morning, Good morning, John. I still remember Rod when you were on the show, axe an expert. Oh my gosh, that was a while ago. Remember that, John? Channel 26 had a. Uh, I don't know if it wasn't before CNBC, but they had uh, Chicago had its own like business Chicago Business Day. Remember. Oh yes, And they were over. They were over in a Waggle Broadcasting, right? Over on on Halsted, and then they they would come to the trading floor. And Aud was one of the ones. She they had the big camera from the visitors gallery, and Aud was down on the trading floor, in her in her hot pink outfit, and uh, looking very good. <laughs> and, and they were and they were axing an expert, and Aud was the expert. Well,
8: Aud- Audrey Nancy, you're still my experts in Chicago real estate, so I defer to that.
0: Well, Doctor, <laughs> I never went on that, but uh, my brother and Doctor J used to go on every week. Remember? Yeah. They were, they were oh my they, God, there's a tripped number right there. Well, but they actually used to go over there and run the camera over there. And then there's a there's the two, two two knuckleheads sitting there being. It was Jack Taylor did some of it, and it was the guy like, Claude Renz, and who was the other guy? It was uh, a it was the weirdest thing because we went over there for a. Uh, well, that was a good station though. What oh, it was yeah. a shame they stopped because I'm was actually a very good local station. Well, yeah. Well, Jack Taylor died. It was one of the reasons. Uh, and. Uh, but is Wagle bro- Broadcasting? He's got to st- be still alive, aren't they, or around, aren't they, Jen? I don't even know. Let send to check on. They got a lot of money from the city. Get a load of this. Back when they used to try to help some kids. Uh, I don't know if they do it anymore. But not, and I you know, I've been mean, on channel twenty channel twenty six must still be around somewhere. But in the afternoon, they had a homework show. Or at various grades, they would they would go over the, the a lot of the homework that they were got that day and uh, and would you know help kids with their homework. It was pretty interesting. You know, I tried to do yeah, I have some useful, more useful things on television like that. That would be great for some of the craft that's going on now. Well, isn't that the truth? So, um, well, you give us a, a view of the the retail uh, uh, market, what's going on, and John can kind of fill us in on the 90 bazillion places that are under foreclosure downtown. Uh, what well, you're, you're seeing, like, an, a little bit of an improvement here, aren't you, with the rates coming back down a little bit? Well,
7: you know, in our, our uh, residential market, you know, I can speak – to all the western, southwestern suburbs, pretty much. Uh, and actually, according to our latest statistics, in the last 30 to 60 days, we've a, had uh, a big increase in business again. The market, the big cap kicked up when the first crazy day when the Fed did all those hikes. They were up to seven and five eighths already and uh, seven and three quarters. And now, uh, one of my clients just got a Rate for five five nine nine so Six that's not, right so around
0: there so that's not uh,
7: insane Yes. so they come back down they dropped off the plane, and people all have been on buying and again we spoke about last time was on the problem with the rate height was the unexpected consequences it was so fast and so hard that you went from three and a half after seven and the people who have houses who are thinking about moving, if you're allowed to a rate anywhere between two and four percent. They go to seven, and you're thinking about moving up, size, sideways. You're not going to sell percent to go get a seven, and so there's such a shortage of funds on the market
0: because people are just staying with their fantastic rates. to probably probably never see that. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I, yeah John, I was going to say that I thought, I thought that the three was really low, but Seven and three quarters would, would certainly give me pause. Six is uh, uh, historically fairly normal. I don't, people aren't happy at six versus four and a half, but they, it, six is doable, like seven and three quarters. Like, yeah, It's a lot.
7: Well, we the, if you look back to the historical norm, and John Lee agreed that for residential, right about it percent So for all these years that we had, what I call free money, I would tell on buyers, buy something even if it's not your dream house because these rates aren't going to last forever and here we are but it is opening up and we are close to the official start of real estate season which is the super bowl as uh, soon as that's over guys seem to get off the couch and they're ready to to look at houses every the weekend so it really gets really done but been mm. a big upsurge in listings not enough to alleviate the current shortage of inventory but I, there's a, a lot more sales. There's still multiple offers, nice homes going over lists, homes that are not nice are sitting and going under market. But if you have a nice house that it is it's moving ready, uh, there's a buyer for
0: it. Well, the... Uh, uh, go ahead, John.
8: Audrey, do you get the sense in your dealings with your clients that people are concerned about the, you know, their job futures do you, you get conversations, for example, that you know somebody's job has just been lost, one couple member has lost a job and somebody else is hanging on to a job? Do, do, you, do you feel any kind of sense that they're confident that they'll have a job in a year or two when they're looking at real estate these days?
7: You know, the people that I have now seem to be fairly secure in their jobs. I have not encountered... Uh, like the, the big tech wave off. I have several people that are in the business, software engineers, you know, IT, that don't seem to be very concerned uh, that are making a substantial amount of money, putting substantial down payment. I have not heard that concern from my group. I also have a lot of um, people in the trades and people who are uh, firemen, policemen, uh, contractors, independent business people. So I haven't heard it from the age group of, say, maybe 25 to 40, but I do hear a little more caution from the maybe 50 on up group. So it's a different mentality. Yeah,
8: I, I, Which, I, I,
7: we've, I, see, we've all seen the horrible times, and we're not sure if they're coming or not. So I think we're more
8: aware. And they they probably feel that they've got you know, more to lose long term. You know that they'll be less employable the
0: older they get. So, well, yeah. you don't have. A, good, good. Well, Jan, you know the South Side well too, but you don't have a. Uh, I don't think you do. Uh, you don't have a, just for way of locating things. I mean, odds turf, for lack of a better term, is what thirty miles around in a circle around Orland Even though you've you've gone further uh, to do stuff, but there's no. There's no employer there that probably you could put a finger on and say they they employ 8% of the people. It's, it's not like you're the Oldsville plant in Janes, Janesville or the or the Chrysler plant in uh, where's the place out west that's closing up? Uh, Belvedere. Belvedere. I mean, you, know, you don't have – your area is not susceptible. You're susceptible, like everybody, to general economic malaise, but you're really not susceptible to one plant going out of business or one place and all of a sudden have 80 houses on the market, I don't think.
7: We, we don't have the, the Google headquarters or something where they lay everybody off. Um, the other thing I'm thinking that might affect pe- uh, some people in, um, in the lower home buying is we do have a couple of Amazon warehouses farther out. Um, I believe one's out in like Pietone and the other one's out towards Bollinger. So I don't know uh, if they're going to be laying off around here. So, it would be something to think about. Well, we've would got a lot of warehousing, trucking out towards uh, Joliet, Off 355. A, of, a
0: lot of warehouse, truck warehouses there, but they seem to be very busy. How susceptible, if at all, not leading the two witnesses, uh, we've had these uh, this huge, well, I mean, relatively huge, even though it's not that big of an area uh, geographically. The West Loop, uh, the amount of people moving in that area, it has to be somewhat. Driven by the Google place out there, and the uh, I mean, if, if Google lays off, they I haven't heard a count here in Chicago. If they laid off, I don't think there's going to lay off 500 people. I don't know if they have 500 people there, but if they laid off 500 people, Jan, what, what does that do to the West Loop? If they're just gone, or if they find another job in Chicago, it doesn't do anything. But if they don't, that that's got to be an issue.
8: Yeah, and and you know, the attraction I think if you live in the West Loop and you have a job at one of those places, it is walkable. Uh, you're living in a new building, you know, one that's, that hasn't had, you know, lots of rehabbing done to it or, or retrofitting to make it livable, um, but if you lose whatever job you've got there, you know, your options for relocating in that neighborhood, I think you'd have to rethink it, and you'd probably be moving farther out or downsizing or something, assuming you get another job, and it might not be in the West Loop, and you might have to have a car, you know, in get that job and to keep it so I, I, I think that you know wh- while things are relatively flush and if people are younger and they can, they're more you know kind of resilient and they can take these tough knocks they'll, they'll make what adjustments they have to and if they don't live in the west loop you know that might be their first choice but they'll live close to it and that's helped the area around the west loop too I think there's a, a spillover effect going farther west um, but like, like Audrey says the older age group you know the other people who aren't really turned down by living in the West, or would never get a job. You know, that could sustain them there anyway. I think it's,
0: it's quite different. Well, the uh, the I mean, you listen. Of course, the the uh, I won't say the the glass half full people. By the way, I hope we still are. Although maybe people listen to me think I'm not. But uh, I mean, for, for an area like Chicago, um, if they lay off 100 IT people at Google and they're good, it might actually be a boon for other people looking for people and and oh by the way, they might all get a job within a month. I mean that would be the I don't see how if you if ten different firms lay off a thousand people apiece in Menlo Park, I don't see how that's good for Menlo Park, California. It's gotta be there's gotta be a few houses hitting the hitting the market there, one would think. But here I don't I don't know that I see any real issue from a layoff, do you guys? No.
8: And I I I mean I don't see any anything looming anyway. I mean McDonalds has I think sent out signals that they're not too happy here, not as happy as they thought they'd be, um, and that would be a big blow. Um, but you know, I, I got it. And just from my times walking around the West Loop, and I mean, right in the West Loop, not like farther out, you know, going up up on Milwaukee Avenue. But it is dead as a doornail at night. Yeah. It is, I mean, it's this office space, and there's some residential spaces, but it's just as deserted as you know within the L tracks downtown. And I don't know. That you know, you know, bodes for the coming years trying to cope with these job displacements. I I don't think yeah. that's that great a great place to live right now.
0: Well, you know, Jen, it's a uh, that's not to get involved in uh, the, the 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 bar scene, but uh, people have told <laughs> me.
8: Uh, <laughs> well, I've to, then they're done. That well,
0: pleasure. I'm saying <laughs> well, Audrey, Audrey and I uh, we went actually went out with our buddy uh, Dak, not not Doctor J, the other Dak. We went for was last year where both our both our birthdays are on the same day so we went to dinner in the west loop and there's a what's the place over there it's it's down a few blocks it's west than the restaurants a few blocks it's the wine place that has the uh the uh bands and stuff uh what the that place news something why do you remember we were there I don't <laughs> but uh it, it was really nice we saw some band from wisconsin they were terrific you sit at like regular tables so you're not stuck in a seat so they actually will serve you wine and hors d'oeuvres and stuff during the show. I mean, I, I thought it was really nice. Well, we, we left our, we parked and I paid the valet at the, at the restaurant and we walked down, was it three, three and a half blocks and we pile out of there at like 11.30 which isn't all that late. I, mean, I remember, go, we used to go out at 11.30, John. But, I mean, so, but we walked back to the, to the truck and Audrey's like, are we safer? We were the only two people on the block, and this is on a this is on a Saturday night, and the place had been shut. It was shut up at, at eleven thirty, and I was oh, stunned yeah. at that. I mean, uh, and the people that I, uh, some of the people I know from the Tripoli are in the industry, shall we say, and uh, even th- what's the place across from uh, Gibson's, uh, the Irish bar? That we used to go there all when I lived at Seventy West Huron. I'd, the place that did it, all the, the people in the industry would go for dinner. At. It's right. It's right right out from where uh, Morton's used to be. On on the it's the Irish bar. At Durbin's or something, something. Yeah, and uh, lady tells me she I, she goes, I can't bartend there at night. It's nothing but gangbangers, and they were rolls it rolls a hundred hour bills. You don't want to be there after eleven uh-huh. o'clock. Yeah. They've they've lost all. I mean, the the bar scene late at night is is really changed from what I understand. Maybe it's because COVID related, but you know a lot of regular people aren't there. It's you don't necessarily want to be, and a lot of places have just shut down. John. Even in Orlando. You don't right. get the after. You don't get the after movie crowd. You don't get the after football game crowd. I mean, it, the whole our whole society is, and I don't know if it's coming back. They say now that it's coming back some. I mean, some of the loop traffic is back to seventy five percent of pre COVID. Maybe we're creeping back here a little bit at a time, but you know. And uh, uh, Colin, the guy, uh, Trump's guy, was talking on. Let's uh, face the nation. I was. He goes, you know, and, and you know these people, they, they need to get out a little bit, though. Though Jan, he was talking about how, in the cities and so forth. Um, it means that people are coming back and you got to hire service people because, John, how do you hire a 40-hour-a-week service person, even at series, when Monday and Friday nobody's there because people are only working Tuesday right. to Thursday? You
8: can't, you
0: can't justify it. Man. No. I mean, we still have – I'm going to say it's way better than it was a year ago, but it's it's not coming back at anywhere near the speed I thought it would. I'm I'm really surprised that, that Rod's doing as well as she is with the people trading houses. Maybe they didn't do stuff for a year and a half in your – but you haven't shown any signs of slowing down on it. And, John, I'll ask you, are, any of these, are anybody putting a bid in any of these buildings downtown, or are they just all morally bankrupt?
8: As far as uh, the only ones I've heard of are the deeds in lieu, where the, you know, the lender holding the, the paper on it bids in or, or negotiates a, you know, a deed from the owner without filing a suit. Because that's the cheaper way all the way around. And everyone that I've been kind of tracking is a deed in lieu of foreclosure. None, none of these are contested.
0: All right, explain what, explain, explain what that is to everybody, including me.
8: Uh, well, if you um, uh, can't make your payments and the, you're in default, the lender can file suit. You know, if you think that you know there's been some misreading of the mortgage or you didn't br- break this covenant or you do have money, but you're disputing what you're supposed to pay, or, well, you, can, you can contest the foreclosure and it can go on and on residential foreclosures even could go on and on and of course during the, the pandemic they did go on and on because there's a moratorium on them but a, a deed in lieu of foreclosure is the, the, the borrower the owner of the building it is is broke with no hope of paying the thing back no hope of, of getting a sale in place too to get somebody to come in and bail them out um... so they can walk away with, with something left um... and somebody else is going to you know get a new loan and, and put the bill but a deed in lieu of foreclosure the, the lender accepts I can you know a deed, just like we're selling the property from the owner, it goes to the lender, it cancels the debt, and the, the if the lender is still owed money for whatever the equity there is in the building, they can put it like a you know deficiency judgment on you that can follow you. Like if, if you they're still owed you know fifty thousand dollars over the value of them, the mortgage because the building has de- declined so much in value. But I don't see any deficiency.
0: that's what happened to 175 and now with the board of trade Well, you have, I haven't heard i mean i don't quiz you about your business all day long because you're always busy uh doing stuff what you haven't really done a foreclosure in a while have you no uh i would say it's um five six years probably since i've had one so but your area came out of covid pretty good
7: Yeah, I mean, we had
0: the uh, boom in a lot of suburbs
7: there of people who just wanted to get out of the high-rise to Chicago and they wanted a yard and where they could come and go as they please. And a lot of people who were trapped in the high-rises just wanted out at any cost and, and moved out. And that's still going on to some extent. And to your point, I think it accounts, there is definitely a societal change in behavior. I mean, the idea of people... Stay in their homes to be safe. Unfortunately, the, the government has been terrorized people so badly uh, that people who are prone to anxiety, prone to fear, have never fully emerged from that. And even regular people, instead of going out to the show, going to dinner, stopping place for a drink afterwards, people are, are streaming things at home, cooking more, ordering takeout more, kids love video games so they're not creating any type of social bonds and even people visiting each other um, I find it's just is dramatically changed and as you said the streets almost anywhere and I move around a lot but once you get after six o'clock where people used to be shopping, going out to eat, going to grab coffee those streets are, are pretty
0: quiet for a big town with millions of people in the evening. Remember, Jan, are going home and staying home. Remember, Jan and Audrey, when we, when we were young, And know I've known Audrey we were, we were young. We were young at one time. Remember, we'd go into some little town if we were going to like a football game or something. Jan, would say, "What do they do? Roll up the street lights at eight Burke. o'clock in this burk?" <laughs> it's almost looking like that. One, well, we have a couple minutes. Yeah, I got a question for you, uh, Audrey. I think it will be interesting. The places that all didn't pay rent during COVID and some of them were big big group of lawyers don't take that as a shot where they said we're not paying the rent because uh, by the way we have you know 500 people at work here and it, because you, could, you only allowed two people in the elevator we couldn't get our 500 people up and down so we're not paying rent screw you how, how did that all work out or is it still being negotiated
8: it's still being nego- negotiated and in, in whatever lease amendments or new leases because I think both sides got burned to some extent You know, it'd be like if you had a a building that wasn't maintained and a pipe burst and you got a constructive eviction because you couldn't work in your space because there was flooding all over. That's one thing. But if if you have, you know, mandates that you can't, you know, be out and about or you have to have social distancing and you can't use your rental space to its fullest capacity, at least what you saw that as being when you signed the lease, then you're going to fight that and maybe in in some cases for years to get... Financial end of the straightened out, but I think it's going to really change how people, you know, view their needs. If they do decide to rent commercial space, they're going to go light rather than heavy, because they don't want to have to fight about this, and they don't want to have to find a subtenant in a bad m- market for space they find they have no use for anymore. So, it, you know, or you know, the idea of people having, you know, decided we're going to come back to work and face to face everything again certainly people would like to see that but i think there's a real pull among businesses not to do that because they don't want to take a financial hit again if all of a sudden something gets imposed as it's very well likely because they seen what happened the first time around i think that was a real wake-up call for landlords and businesses what not to do in the future
0: welcome how, how come the dummies that work at pti like me when we had the place boarded up and riots and everything else and no customer could get near the place the bridges were all up how come we paid our rent
1: well, cause you're
8: no, person. how come you paid your rent? No, I was looking. You probably didn't have to.
0: So, I mean, if I had a couple of the lawyers on staff, we wouldn't have, Of course, I would have to pay the lawyers, so I'd be better, better off paying the rent. But you,
8: you, you see it the way I would see it, too. It's like, well, I'm using the space. My yeah. business is still operating. I don't have to walk away or do from home. There's no compelling reason why I shouldn't pay rent. So, you, you pay rent. And you have a a signed lease that says you're supposed to. This is the old-fashioned way of looking at it. I don't think necessarily everybody's going to see it that way. I think Uh, it goes down to what kind of person you are. (laughs) I think you can look at a lot of it
0: that way. Well, if I I didn't realize that they, because of the post office, even though they said they were raising all the bridges, that that bridge right there would be open, I was able to sneak in there in the morning, how exactly could I have worked? (laughs) That's
8: it shows your energy level, Tom, to wor- to work within the limits you've been given. Other people said you know, the easier way out and just said, It's not worth it. I am not gonna look for a way to I
0: get guess it. I could have went out and bought a bass boat and just put it right. in by divert the d- division and taken the river here and been jumped out. <laughs> I don't know if that would've worked I would have paid money to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any- on that note, SP Futures down thirty, futures down one twenty. Thanks guys, thanks a lot. Thank you, John. Uh, interesting show this morning. Let's hope we don't have too many more of these interesting shows. We got people shut down. We got oh god. We'll be back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks.
5: Stocks and jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to securities.com PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at ptiprodirect.com. Nadex, offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.
8: This looks extraordinarily bad.